0: Hey, everybody. This is Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm your host, Brianna Wu, head of development at Giant Space Cat. I make video games. And uh, these are my co-panelists for uh, for today's show. And this is our pilot episode, so it might be a little bit rough, so so bear with us. Uh, here with me today is Christina Warren, the senior uh, tech editor at Mashable. How are you doing, Christina?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm cold. It's cold in New York.
0: Oh, it is so terrible this time of year. Like, my job, I don't have to leave the house except going to the gym. So it's like I feel for people that have to go to real jobs, real adult jobs where you have to leave the house, you know?
2: You probably don't want to hear about the Seattle weather then.
0: No, no, I don't. balmy
2: 50 degrees. Oh, 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 I'm I'm so jealous. jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's uh, awesome. So, also with me today is uh, Simone de Rochefort. Rochefort. Is that oh, how dear. you say? How do I say your name, Rochefort? Simone. <laughs> de Let's get it
2: straight. Rochefort. Simone de Rochefort. Rochefort. I was actually looking. Out,
0: right? I was looking at the pronunciation of this with Merriam-Webster right before the show because I didn't want to blow it, <laughs> and I did. So, awesome. So, you were a Pixelkin. What do you do for Pixelkin?
2: I am an on-camera host and video producer for a family gaming website, pixelkin.org. So I do news shows, I do educational videos, and I have a great time. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. So, so Christina, I am, I'm actually going to start the show today by embarrassing you. So... <laughs> <laughs> i i have a story of you wrecking havoc on my life before we even knew each other and i'm going to debut this today on um on our pilot episode so do you remember this story that you wrote back in 2010 so i'm just going to read this here uh yankee stadium bans the ipad according to apple's latest commercial ipad goes anywhere anywhere that is except for yankee stadium Yahoo Sports confirmed that the stadium the, I- the iPad falls under the no-laptop security policy, and patrons won't be able to enter the ballpark with one in their possession. The discussion surrounding the ban was spurred by a message from Space Cat Cal on the IGN sports. <laughs> Space Cat Gal tried to bring her iPad into the Yankee Red Sox game, only to be turned away at the gate. So... So I have to ask you, are you the person that found this story and is the reason it exploded? Because as best as I can tell, you're the first person to write
1: this story. I, I think that I was. I think I found it <laughs> someplace on some sort of message board or something. And Because right? it's funny, now, now that we're talking about this, I do remember this story. And uh, I don't think I was the very first one to write about it, but uh, we were probably the ones who blew it up yeah
0: so like you write this story and
1: like i had the most
0: stupid quote in that message board like you know i'm drinking at a ball game and i'm just tweeting on (laughs) ign and like i'm like i can't pay attention to a a baseball game for four hours so so they take (laughs) this and my life just turned upside down because this made like National media and then international media because the iPad was like the hottest gadget at the time. It was like right. this, this, this story. And like, I have to tell you, like, you've not like, experienced awkwardness until you've experienced like espn like analysts on their radio show like bad mouthing <laughs> for the full
1: hour so well i'm so sorry if it makes you feel any better when my husband proposed to me and disclosure he did it in maybe the douchiest way possible it was <laughs> it was perfect for us i will say it was absolutely perfect for us but he oh. proposed to me on twitter and uh <laughs> we were not the first couple to get engaged on twitter we were like the second or, or the third and um I was called a fame whore because I I asked people to dig the story that someone submitted about us. He was called a coward by CNN. Um, (laughs) Wired was very nice to me. Wired was very nice, I will say. Uh, they, They were still pirates. Then it was still a pirate ship um but uh no i so i i don't know what it's like to have espn in places calling you based on a quote but uh um, i i do apologize for uh <laughs> for blowing that up i had, I had no, no idea. apology that's necessary. such a small world that's so funny
0: it's funny though it's funny full circle because like you know when adn was a thing we were talking i was like one day i'm gonna sit down with christina i'm gonna tell her the story of like turning my life upside <laughs> down what was what was the the proposal tweet can i ask
1: Yes, it was um, uh, at Film Girl. I can't wait a minute longer. Um, will you marry me? And I was at MacWorld actually at the time, and mm-hmm, he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we lived in Atlanta, and and so he was home in Atlanta. I was at MacWorld, and I was with a bunch of. I worked at the unofficial Apple weblog then, and I was with a bunch of my colleagues at Mel's Diner in San Francisco, and it was perfect for us because I responded. I was on a BlackBerry at the time. I mean, this is how long ago this was, and <laughs> oh and I responded and uh, said yes, of course. And then it was really cool, actually, because people came up to us, came up to me, kept coming up to me during the show to congratulate me on my engagement. Um, because it literally, Dig mattered at the time. It was a thing, you know. And it, it was, like, the top story on Dig. I didn't even work at Mashable at the time. And Mashable, Pete Cashmore, our CEO, still ran the Twitter account back then, congratulated us, like, tweeted his congratulations. Um, wow. And, and it's funny because… Not so much anymore, but we used to always, you know, recycle kind of these listicle things of, like, ex-social media, you know, like, engagement stories or whatever. And my story is always in those lists. So it's one of those funny things that, like, a, like a year ago I was on Bloomberg talking about Twitter's IPO. And the the producer learned about the story. And I'm not joking. We're talking about Twitter going IPO. I'm on, you know, Bloomberg. And we spent half the segment talking about my engagement. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great story.
0: I think I I wish my I wish my proposal story had anything that interesting. Like that's that's I could get on board with that, you know, so I'm
2: surprised that yours isn't wild and crazy Brie
0: you know so how did I. You even yeah yeah uh it was pretty pretty typical like it was at a beach you know i was freezing oh. and i was like yeah let's <laughs> let's just go in great i want to marry you that's great let's do that so <laughs> get it over with awesome awesome so simone like like this is the first time not married. you're not married <laughs> you're not married uh you're also not a teenager in the 90s which that is sure. very very tragic for you so mm. like you know, people out there are getting to know you like tell tell them you're story Why are you so awesome?
2: Uh, why am I so awesome? Well, for one thing, I I was at most ten years old in the nineties, oh so God. I'm <laughs> <I> <laughs> I'm still so a baby. Process that. I'm, sorry. I'm so yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah.
2: No, I I think let's see. I feel awesome because I've been incredibly fortunate to fall into a career that where I feel I can really make a difference mm-hmm. in the world and where I feel like I'm contributing to something that I care about, which is uh, the discourse around video games, which I know we're not talking about this time, but I I feel lucky to live in an age where people's voices can be so easily amplified. I mean, like your, like your Twitter story shows, a simple proposal tweet can go viral and, you know, change your life forever. Or someone who brings an iPad to a baseball game (laughs) can have their life forever changed. So I don't know. I, I feel like technology opens avenues for people to have their voices heard and for people to change the world in ways that we could not before. Not that I'm changing the world, I just make videos, but I feel pretty awesome about that anyway, and I, you know, watch a lot of anime.
0: (laughs) I like anime, I do like anime. Now, one of the things I really like about your site is, you know, and I talk about this a lot professionally and on Twitter, that... You know, there's this this real tension between kind of the mm-hmm. the old school game journalism which is, you know, super bro focused. And what I love about Pixelkin mm-hmm. is, you know, you're you're entering this new reality of, you know, many women being gamers and many, you mm-hmm. know, many parents being gamers. And you're producing such high-level content for that. I mean, you're not you're not a blog like you guys are out there at every single mm-hmm. PAX like shooting high quality videos yeah, yeah yeah it's really you. powerful stuff and yeah I'm really excited to see where you guys go for 2015. Thank That's-
2: you. I was just at an interview tonight with a woman who does not play games but her son is making and playing games and she was telling me this amazing story about how she really got to know him as a person because he was making games that were telling his personal story about things that happened to him in school and it, it just created this avenue for them to communicate about some really emotional issues that they hadn't been able to talk about before and I think that as a storytelling medium, um, games are right up there with with movies and books and comics and i'm really excited to see where that's gonna
0: go yeah it's a it's a really it's it's really cool to see the industry changing i i never Mm -hmm. would have thought it'd be where it is today so if it's okay with you guys can we just leap right into our first topic can we do do that yeah let's go so all right so this uh so what we're gonna be doing on rocket every single week is kind of picking out uh you know tech stories so this is kind of going to be a week in review and we're gonna we're gonna pick tech stories that aren't you know like the Typical thing. Like we're going to try to you know, pick really cool, awesome stories to talk about every single week. And uh, this week we've got three really fantastic ones. Uh, the first one is there's a company called Strati that um, yeah they appeared at uh, I think it was it was the uh, North American International Audio Show, Show this week, and what they're doing is they are 3D printing a car like they are literally 3d printing a car as you're it's sitting happening. there i know right it's made out of abs and like reinforced with a uh, carbon fiber and they're actually going through the process like the very expensive process of getting it getting it crash certified so oh my gosh. yeah so this is going to be an actual electric car that you can buy and go drive. And there are all sorts of really interesting parts of this story. I mean, part of it is like if a part of your car um, is damaged in an accident, you just kind of 3D print a new version of that part. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Which is awesome. Uh, You know, there's also the fact that it's not made in, like, a giant plant. It's made, uh, they're calling it micro uh, you know, micro manufacturing. So it's just like a, a few people th- working in a relatively small environment. They're putting this car together. So Christina, I'm going to throw that to you. Like, the, What did you think of all this?
1: It's adorable, actually. So um, it was, as you said, it was at, I think, the North American Auto Show or manufacturing mm-hmm. show uh, this week, but it was actually at a manufacturing show back in October. And um, a, a guy I work with, Lance Ulanoff, our chief uh, correspondent, um, drove it, and we uh, wow. we have a bunch of photos about it, and we'll, we'll put that in our show notes. Um, yeah, that have some really great details. It's adorable. It it looks like a little roadster, and um, it, but it's three D printed. It's sort of amazing. And to me, um, I mean, the only thing that's really kind of not three D printed is like the you know the obviously the engine and the, um, the mm. steering wheel but the clutch and the um, exterior and obviously the tires aren't 3d printed and the other parts are all 3d printed and it's kind of insane to think that not only is this thing i mean like they're getting it crash tested but i mean you can actually take this thing on the road um which uh is it manual or automatic uh, i think it was a manual um i'm not sure um i'm trying to look through the photos to see if i can see a a gear shift. Yeah, I'm or looking for one. I don't. I see feel like it. that yeah. would
2: probably make more sense if. Cause yeah, automatic it's automatic. I can see. Yeah, I mic. can. I can see it now. Oh, it yeah, is it's automatic. automatic. Okay. Yeah, it's automatic.
1: Um, wow. but yeah, I mean, it works. It's it's kind of awesome. And um, it, not to to dissuade from this topic because I think it's super interesting. But there was another story I saw today about a guy who 3D printed his wife's skull. And was Whoa. able to give it to, um, she had, um, uh, some sort of cancer, some sort of, uh, she had cancer and she was able to, he was able to give it to the surgeon and they were able to, um, operate on her so that she wouldn't lose her eyesight.
0: Wow. Wow. How did they, did they, I guess they got that data from an x-ray
1: and Yeah, he happens to be like a 3D expert and and do a lot of stuff with 3D printing. And she actually works as a therapist for people with video game addiction. So it's kind of, they're kind of an interesting couple. And... Um, you know, they found out that she had a tumor, I guess, like behind her eye and the surgery if it wasn't done in a certain way, you know, she would lose her eyesight. Right. And so he three D printed her skull and was able to give it to the doctor and they were able to to visualize exactly what they needed to do before they went in and he was able to save her eyesight. That
2: is amazing. That is- incredible yeah
1: yeah i mean it's it's kind of
0: for me as someone that you know i i work with 3d all the time i'm a professional with that i think it's it's really cool for me because like we're going to have so many tools to put Mm -hmm. things you can imagine into reality. And like the whole reason I wanted to do this story today is, you know, my car at this point is a decade old. So, you know, I'm starting to look at, at new cars to buy. And if you go like to a car dealership, it's so depressing because cars suck and they've barely changed or improved (laughs) in a decade. And, like, I, I feel like no car manufacturer makes something that feels unique to me. You know, like, a mm-hmm. Toyota Camry is not that different than a Honda Accord. And I don't know. Like, I could totally get on board with, like, printing my own awesome, like, Batwoman mobile for going down the street, you know? Like, oh, right the sky, yeah. right, right. I, what kind of 3D car would you print if you could
2: do it? Well, hmm. <laughs> something hot pink, obviously. Right, obviously. Right, well, yeah, gotta do that. I, I, it's so interesting. I feel like in fields like automobile design, where there isn't a lot of need for innovation, it just kind mm-hmm. of stagnates. I mean, everyone needs a car, but we've kind of we've reached a point where we have this standard idea of what a car is. But we could go so much further. We really could. We could just be printing cars in
1: our garages. <laughs> That'd <would> be <laughs> am yeah, I, I would yeah. love a Jetsons-style car, you know, with the oh, little bubble. God. I would love to 3D print a Jetsons car. That would be awesome in New York, too. It like would. You could it actually would be, park so, that, so. You, you, you could actually park it, get around with it, in, in hot pink, of course. Right. Um, I'd have it. Obviously. Or, uh, obviously. Um, but, no, I think that would be badass.
0: Really, you'd pick – I mean, I don't know. You'd pick hot pink for real life for
1: your car? Oh, absolutely. I want everyone to see me coming. I don't know. I don't know. I I would definitely think about it. I used to always want one of the the redesigned VW Beetles. I used to always want one of those, and I always wanted it in a funky color. Um, Yeah, yeah. But instead I had a Jetta, and it was silver. And I'm not going (laughs) to complain about that. It was fine. It was adorable. It was great. Great car. But I always wanted – um, like a like a, a green like a like a bright green um beetle or I would totally rock a pink car I won't lie I, I would think totally you could pull that off car. I think you could pull that off it takes
2: confidence but once you have it you you can't let it go I have a I pink think... purse so really Ooh, I do it's
0: awesome Art? it's Kate
1: Spade it's amazing
0: oh she makes great so, yeah that's uh, I love it when you can buy one thing and it lasts forever because she didn't pay like ten dollars <laughs>
1: for it no. exactly
0: I don't know. I've thought about this a lot with my motorcycle because I have, like, a, a sports bike that I, that I race. And I want to, like, take off all the fairings and get it, like, bright, fluorescent yellow. Like, Kill Bill, awesome. you know? Yeah. And then I get, yes. like, yellow armor. So then I'm, like, driving around Boston. And then nobody's going to bother me ever. Like, like that will just be great. And people will be able to see me, which is, like, scary <laughs> when you're driving a motorcycle. Because right. people will nearly hit you all the time. You're invisible. So... I don't know. I think uh, I think they should they should definitely make that technology happen.
2: Now I'm torn. Armored car or just car covered in pictures of anime characters faces? I I can't decide. This is maybe the biggest question of my life right now.
0: See, wouldn't you want to like look at some anime and get like an awesome car from some anime? Can I
2: get a car like lined with TVs?
0: I you know I don't I guess okay <laughs> sure. when will right. we be able yeah. to
2: three D print the Google cars that drive
1: themselves that's see what I that's want. Oh. that's what I want too I was going to say because the the big problem with the, the car manufacturers are facing is not only mm-hmm. as you said is kind of are things kind of stagnating and you know uh, obviously the, the um, electronics and the computers inside them are maybe getting more high tech and whatnot but the cars themselves have kind of stagnated mm-hmm. what but, we do with them. But, but but younger people are not driving.
2: And they're not buying Mm
1: -hmm. cars. Like Ford has an entire division dedicated to studying millennials and basically trying to figure out why they're not (laughs) getting their driver's licenses when they turn sixteen. The age has gone way up, and they're even in college and stuff. Like they still like people are comfortable having their parents drive them around, even in college, and and are comfortable not driving. And then people move to urban areas. You know, like like you know, I'm in I'm in New York, and then you look at San Francisco, and Seattle has good public transit, and you know places you know but, but but well, it's okay. I mean, Boston's yeah. okay, too. I mean, places are getting better. And so there are more and more people, especially historically with gas prices in the last few years being so ridiculous, people aren't driving. So they're mm-hmm. having this massive problem trying to convince you know younger uh, people coming up. It's kind of like with cable. It's like, okay, how do we get people to subscribe to this service? It's like, how do we get people to uh, want to drive a car? Um, and maybe, yeah. maybe a 3D printed car or some sort of customizable, you know, make it your own sort of thing could do it.
2: I was just thinking about those, um, not rental cars, but the ones that you, I guess they are rentals, the ones that are parked on the street. Yeah, zip cars. Yeah, the zip Zip cars. Yeah. Yeah, if there were a way, I guess smart car must own them because they all seem to be smart cars. But if there were some way to kind of cheaply manufacture those… Yes, that would, be, that would change everything. I
1: was actually—that's kind of what's cool about the 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 car, um, the 3D printed car, the the, the Strati—is it doesn't look that different. I mean, it's a little coupe, but it doesn't look that different from a smart car, um, you know, which is basically just an overpriced um, golf cart, um, and uh, with a little bit more horsepower. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that sort of idea to like be able to three D print some of those would be really cool. And then mm-hmm. you you know maybe have like a, a city bike sort of thing going on, kind of like Zipcar. Yeah. You know, but 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 maybe like a fuse city bike and Zipcar, and and have something where okay, and then if something breaks off, you know, you just print a new part for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I think I'm still stuck, Christina. Back when
0: you said they have no problem with their parents driving them to class in college, I know. Like well, that's that, that's all, really hard is. to wrap your mind around. I, yeah, it, uh, it, you it. know, it's true though.
2: Wow, I'm the person in my group of friends that has the car and drives people around. A lot oh. of my friends don't have their
1: licenses. Some wow. didn't until they
2: were in their twenties.
1: I was going to say it's like it's like either your parents or you have like the one friend who drives yeah. everybody around. And I am the soccer mom of my group of friends. <laughs> And I, I was definitely the person who would get driven around. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a great driver. I didn't mm-hmm. like it when I did it. Um, would would rather have had you know my friends drive me around and whatnot. But yeah, but it's it's becoming less and less common for people to do it because it's expensive and and mm-hmm. you know people just have other they have other ways of kind of getting around or or yeah, yeah. they're okay with mom and dad doing it because mom and dad you know we were in this you know li- millennials which I technically am you know we're Ooh. all part of this you know me generation where we've been like have hover parented and like. We're okay with it because we've always been (laughs) upper-parented. So it's completely okay for, like, mom and dad to continue to take care of you. And, I mean, I can't talk. My mother sent me a purse today. Like, she still goes shopping for me sometimes. I'm 32. I'm married. I live in New York (laughs) City. And my mom will, like, send me packages to the office where she's like, I saw this and I thought it was cute. And it's awesome. It's adorable. But it's also, like, I don't need my mom to be, you know. I, I
0: think that's a little different than her like driving you to Mashable every day. <laughs> like,
1: that would be that's that that a good be point. Awkward. That is a good that point. That would be awkward. At 32 that would be a little awkward, but I could see myself <laughs> in my 20s my mom totally would have been the type who had been like, "Oh, I can take you to work no problem." Right, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> my mom would be like, drive your damn self. <laughs> I, I, I could see the money argument. Like,
0: yesterday I was down at the uh, the federal courthouse. And um, you, you go there and you park at the courthouse. We left. It was like $45 for, for two or three hours. And I'm like, I'm doing Jeez. the math in my head. And I'm Oof. like, I could have Ubered here. I could Great. have Uber-Xed here and back, and given a good tip, and not stressed all this stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and I could have like just sat there and tweeted the entire time. So <laughs> that's true. Well, no, yeah. I mean,
1: that's I know I'm so I'm so like, spoiled being in New York, you know, having the subway and then having Uber and, and the mm-hmm. taxis, because yes, it's one of those weird things where I don't even know how I would drive now that I've been here for so long. I don't even right, know. Right. But I would was used, like, Oh, you mean I have to sit in the front? be kind of awkward
0: so i yeah, simone like you're you're kind of a little closer to that generation like do you think it's a an economic thing do you think it's i I mean do you think it's just a a changed value thing like what do you think is going on with that
2: i think it's definitely economic i think especially if you say move away to college and you have to rely on public transportation because you know you can't bring your car to the city you get used to it i never got used to it because i grew up in a small town and then i moved to kind of another small town on the edge of the city so for me taking public transportation especially because in seattle it's it's okay but it's not great and i want to support it but i don't want to take two hours to get somewhere that it would take me 30 minutes to drive to so i will do literally anything to not do that (laughs) but (laughs) it's definitely um an economic issue i I mean, people say millennials are spoiled, but I mean, when you look at it, an iPhone for a millennial is more useful than a car because you can call Lyft, you can check the buses with one bus away, you can communicate with your friends for rides and about plans and things like that. So it's just a matter of prioritizing technology, I think.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, this whole... like people say millennials are, are spoiled and all that i think it's crap and it, it mm-hmm. just makes me so angry and it, <laughs> it's so
2: vibrating with rage
0: we're a little spoiled Right. I mean, it's like I remember all the people, all the smack they talked about my generation, you know, which is mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, like Gen X, like millennial, it's somewhere in there. Like, it's, it's weird. I fell in between them. But uh-huh. I remember them talking so much smack about us, like with alternative music. And, you know, like <laughs> this is even getting into the Internet age. And, you know, it's like to see that turn around on millennials who I kind of feel have gotten... The most bum economic deal oh, in our nation's history. Oh, we so have. yeah, You're dead BS. on. Yes,
1: yeah. But, but at the same time, you know, we can, and what made it so much, what terrible is that, like it's all our parents fault right like right it's, of course it's, it is well, yeah. well but for two reasons one it's their fault because the baby boomers wouldn't get out of power and screwed up the economy for us right but then on the second half it's their fault because we were so freaking coddled and everybody had to have a trophy and we were constantly told how special we were that we well, couldn't freaking like we that, that you genuinely have a hard time like functioning in the real world when you get around and everybody's You go, oh, I'm actually not a unique and beautiful snowflake, you know, to quote (laughs) Chuck Palahniuk. Uh, Like, it's one of those jarring things. I mean, I don't know um, about you, Simone, but I had so many friends in college who, like, freaked out when they were like, oh, everybody is top of their class and is is really smart. And, oh, my God, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to have things handed to me. And, and, you know, things are going to be tough. And then when the economic crisis happened and, you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, well going to law school is actually not a good idea because you're just going to be $200,000 in debt and not get a job anyway. We're like, huh.
2: So I think there's a flip side to that, actually, because, um, I mean, mean, we're not that far apart in age, but I think also the flip side of that is that you grow up seeing everyone be told that they're special and you know that not everyone can be. And I I know many people – that I grew up with, you know, we grew up, we worked through high school, we worked through college. I've never, I've not had a, I haven't not had a job since I was 16 just because I needed to pay for things and my parents totally. couldn't pay for everything for me. So I, I think there, there are two sides to it. And part of it is, you know, we, I, I think we are very idealistic and we want things to be better. We want things to be, you know, we see things like universal healthcare and things like that. And we think that that should be, we should have Absolutely. that thing. We deserve okay. that thing. Yeah. And, you know, and like you said, we got kind of screwed. So <laughs> I think, you know,
0: from my perspective, you know, I'm, I'm a little older than you are, Christina, but when I was, when I was 20, 21, 22, this was when, you know, the, the inner, the dot-com bubble was bursting, but for me, there was that whole lead up to it with when you were living in this wild, awesome era where we were literally inventing, uh, you know, all kinds of technology. And if you had any kind of skills whatsoever, you could get employed at an actual startup that would pay you money. Wow! You know, so wow. Right?
2: Yeah. So I talk. I'm living that life. But go right. on. <laughs> well, it was. It
0: was. It was just a different era. And mm-hmm. you know, I I fully realized the bum deal that millennials have been given, but at the same time i see a real aversion to risk uh yes. like i can't tell you how many people i know that like will not leave their town that i've met you know like they don't want to take a chance and move to a new state and there's just um i i feel like the economic situation is so terrible that it's kind of ground millennials down to the point where they they're kind of reasonably scared to take bigger risks with the career that could you know put them pay off down the road does that make sense
1: do you know where i'm coming yes. from? yes and i i think you're you're dead on because it is scary because for a lot of us especially the older millennials like myself mm-hmm. we were really mm-hmm. close to having things be going really really well and <laughs> then the bottom just dropped out and right. you know, when went all of a sudden oh you know, you got to see firsthand just how bad things could be and it wasn't a matter of you know, maybe, um, you know, I'm not going to have a job, but like we're seeing our parents having ma- major problems and, and yeah, seeing, yeah. you know, um, which, which for a lot of us, I think was like really eye opening because it was just a, my dad's in, and well, he's retired now largely because of the economy, but he was in real estate and, uh-huh. you know, the building market, you know, he's a builder, just completely residential, you know, housing just completely fell out. And so, you know, on the one hand, I want to complain, oh, poor, what was me but then I'm looking at, you know, my, my, my parents who've, you know, built up, you know, My dad's built up, you know, 40 years of working in in an industry and watching everything get wiped away. Mm
2: -hmm. And you're like,
1: do I really want to, you know, take these sorts of risks or do I want to take the best thing that I can have? And not only that, then, you know, things like, you know, we don't have pensions today and our 401ks mean a lot less and the stock Mm -hmm. market is volatile. And you know until recently there wasn't any sort of um healthcare plan and so for a lot of us you know if we had pre-existing conditions we couldn't get insured after we were off of our parents plans you know unless we could mm-hmm. afford to pay cobra stuff so it's like yeah, I'm going to take the easy job and maybe stay someplace that I don't love so that I can have health insurance, you know? Um, And so I think that it was just kind of a lot of things happening where you go, yeah, you know, it's really scary to take a chance. And that's really sad because I've always said if I were 10 years older, I probably would have lost my shirt and the the dot-bomb thing. In fact, I know Mm -hmm. I would have. Right. there, even when that happened, and I've, I've talked to my husband about this, who's older than me, and I've talked to friends who kind of went through it, there still seemed to be that sense of hope, like, okay, well, this sucks, but we can try again. And mm-hmm. today, I feel like a lot of people are just like, even though there is kind of this frothy sort of internet bubble sort of thing happening in some sectors, a lot of people are just like, yeah, you know what, I'm really happy I graduated from college, and I'm going to try <laughs> to pay down my loans, and I just want to get a job.
2: And I don't, enough. I, I just want to get a job yeah that's what i hear from a lot of my friends as well it's just and and a lot of them are still looking and they've graduated oh. already
1: so that's oh awesome.
0: that's tough that's tough feel you mind me say like but you you're doing pretty
1: well like, from I'm, I'm doing pretty well so, yeah no, yeah. oh, definitely i have too yeah. i'm so lucky I, I i struggled you know i mean my my, my mid-20s was definitely a period of struggle and uh mm-hmm. You know, I, I look, you know, I a lot of my friends now are, are in their, you know, early to mid-20s, and, and I don't for a second envy them, you know, because I, I know what it's like. You know, they're all, mm-hmm. you know, working, they have great educations, great backgrounds, and are all, you know, slogging away internships and other things, not getting paid a whole lot, you know, just with the hope that they'll get a job and a career they love, but... Yeah, I think that's another
2: thing that's culturally shifted is looking at I I feel like we used to look at our 20s as this time of like, oh, it's the best time in your life. It'll it'll be so great. And now I think we look ahead to the people in their 30s and think those they've got it made. You know, that's (laughs) the time to be alive.
0: I, I could say I enjoy my thirties a lot more than my twenties, which mm-hmm. if I had a theme song for my twenties, it would be the, uh, the theme music to super Mario brothers world one, one, because that's just <laughs> how, that's just how dreamily I was going through life. Like with no, I just from adventure to adventure and mm-hmm. like just good things happened all the way. And it's, it's really bizarre to think back at that when, like when the economy was so much stronger, you know, and just, um, you know, I'm, I'm, extremely thankful for those opportunities. I think today, you know, being an entrepreneur and being a businesswoman, I think um it was a fantastic atmosphere to kind of like find my feet. You know, I had my first yeah. startup with how much capital did we have? It was like a quarter of a million dollars. Like when I was nineteen years old, like we're <laughs> mm-hmm. we've got a, a house and we're knocking down the walls to build like a voice acting studio. We're like, you oh know, gosh. building getting, you know, Macintosh G4s and like, you know, putting, uh, trying to develop new animation techniques that, you know, actually are very close to what we end up using today. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was a wonderful age to kind of figure stuff out and to figure out, you know, how the, how the business world works. So I don't know, I think, I think it comes down to, Every generation has challenges. And I just, yeah. I wish we'd have a little bit more compassion for each other. It's just, I don't know what happens to you where you like memory <laughs> erase and forget all the smack your parents talked against to you. And then you hit a certain age and you're doing it to people. Like, I'd never want to be that person ever. Yeah, because you
2: wouldn't think that it would happen to the baby boomers who are so, you know, vilified in the right. 60s. Oh, here we are again. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, I think that confidence is really important. Like, when you're, Starting out as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. you have to have that confidence and that kind of will to see it through as much as you need the money because, I mean, if you don't believe in what you're doing, then you're going to have a real hard time doing it. Yeah, well... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've actually been fortunate. I've never had to take a job I didn't want ever. And that's, that's um, awesome. Yeah, well, it's awesome. It's awful. I mean, pick your picks. So, yeah. yeah. So why don't we move into topic two? Uh, Christina, I, everybody that listens, listens to this podcast should know you are a moving nut. Like, I thought I was a movie nut, and then I started following you on Twitter, <laughs> and I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, so so this is a topic I, I picked for you. So, um, you know, I, I just saw this uh, new trailer for Ant-Man that just came out recently. Uh, I was actually seeing Taken 3, which I cannot recommend <laughs> at all. Don't I was gonna see say, that taken, movie.
1: Okay, I, I've only seen Taken and Taken 2, so... <laughs> You're probably good. Just trust okay. me on Again, that. four. Yeah, right. We actually
0: we got uh, my husband and I because we're both you know professionals and we work crazy hours. We uh, we're trying this thing called Movie Pass. Yes, where we each pay them thirty dollars a month and we can go see as many movies as we want. Oh so my gosh. like Imitation Game, like we wouldn't have seen that if it weren't for Movie Pass, and it was fantastic. You know, so uh, that's why we went and saw Taken Three, which was a total waste of time. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the the cool part of it was this and man trailer so you know actually christine i think i'm just gonna turn it over to you like what
1: did you what do you think about it what are you excited for this you know i am excited about it a paul rudd i just adore him i mean i have a clueless poster on my wall in my apartment (laughs) um not only is it a poster it is it is framed and it is 4 inch wood frame with like oh a triple God. matting. Like it was like a $350 frame shop. It was my wow. 25th birthday gift from my parents. Oh and wow. uh it's fantastic. It's like it looks like a work of art. Um so I love Paul Rudd. And um no, I have to say, you know, it kind of uh I I'm intrigued. I I I'm definitely intrigued. You know, when when I heard they were doing Ant-Man, I was like, I don't know about this, <laughs> yeah, right? Um and I'm still not completely sure um but i do i like it i i i i -hmm. I like the idea i definitely am excited about it now what about it appealed to you aside from aside from paul
2: Redd, who is admittedly lovely yes acceptable
1: if i'm gonna be honest i mean that's like kind of the 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 main thing but it's just i like i like the concept i like what they've been Mm -hmm. doing lately like what marvel's been doing a lot and and um you know with doing um just kind of taking on the different superheroes that aren't like the pat you know guys and and i i'm Mm -hmm. i'm a fan of that so um i like the persona i like that they're kind of taking this this stuff um and then i can't think of the actor's name but he was in um house of cards um as uh the um the congressman in in the first season who had the oh problem. yeah 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 and he's been on so yeah, much stuff he's lately. been great like, yeah. stuff and, and and he's he's in the trailer too and I see him and I'm like okay done I'm, I'm I excited. missed him
0: <laughs> you know he was on he's on that new uh, vampire show
1: yeah on, oh it's so good what's the name of that
0: wait there's
2: uh, a new vampire
0: show oh it's really the strain the strain what? by um, yeah oh. yeah it's really really good so I don't know I mm. guess I saw that trailer and look I'm I'm gonna admit like my first thought when I saw that trailer was. You know, oh, like why don't we have a Captain Marvel movie yet? Like I've got to wait for them (laughs) to do Ant Man. So that was my gut reaction. That's true. That was my gut reaction with it. But my second reaction was Paul Rudd, who I think we all agree is acceptable. (laughs) Like I was like, okay, I'll give him a break. You know, the Guardians of the Galaxy guy, not so much. But Paul Rudd, I can. You don't. Oh, are you glad a break? Why? I like him, but I like Paul Rudd more. Hang up know right now. Mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not I'm trying to go. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, okay. But okay. it
0: seemed it seemed so... I, I, I'm really interested to see the tone of it because you could watch the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer when it came out and you're like, okay, this is going to kind of be an anti-hero story, like more comedy in yeah. nature. Like I, I understood the direction they were going. And mm-hmm. with the Ant-Man trailer, the music was... So bombastic, yes. and, You know they're bringing in Michael Douglas as if it's the the most serious story <laughs> ever told, and you know but there's, it's there's... about
1: ants, right? Exactly,
0: <laughs> and it was just juxtaposed against each other. <laughs> I'm like, I I couldn't figure out what the tone they were going for was going to be, and that was confusing. Yeah. I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah. I, I mean. I'm excited about it because I'm excited about Paul Rudd, but the trailer (laughs) did kind of have some issues. And then my big fear, now that we're kind of talking about it, I'm thinking about it. You know, Marvel has tried twice with the Hulk, and they failed twice. Mm -hmm. And three times, really, they failed. And, (laughs) uh, you know, that's my only fear with this. I'm like, is this going to be another, like, incredible Hulk failure Mm -hmm. where it just doesn't, like, take off because they can't get the tone right? You didn't think the second one was better?
0: I I agree, it's not a A movie. It was I better. It was a solid B minus. it was, B-. yeah, it was, was not better. I mean, much. you yeah. know, but
1: and I love Ed Norton, and I like Mark Ruffalo, but and and the the, the first guy, I'm just saying, it hasn't worked. We mm-hmm. haven't had a Hulk since the TV Hulk that has done anything. Um, I, so because I think they just haven't had the tone right. So that's mm-hmm. that, That's the one thing I think they have to get right. I think you're dead on. The, the, the trailer is kind of a mess of tone and music and stuff. But I, I still have hope just because Guardians was so incredible.
0: Guardians is really good. I was, um, you know, I'm a really big comic book fan. And, you know, when the X-Men go into space or, you know, Silver Surfer or any of the kind of cosmic level of Marvel I, in the comic book form, have kind of tuned out, you know, it's just the, the art style gets a little esoteric, and the themes are like, cosmic. And it's just, it, it seems like everything there is so biblical and epic in nature that you can't like put it in proportion in your mind, you know, like if a city is going to be destroyed in a comic book movie you can imagine that but like if they're talking about cosmic rays destroying the whole galaxy or something it's just Mm. you know it's so big it doesn't for me personally it lacks that dramatic punch so i was very skeptical going into guardians of the galaxy um but I thought, I, I thought, like, you know, it was, it was really, I thought it was very funny. I thought the, the, the design work was excellent. And I love Nebula. Like, I want an entire movie about yeah. her because oh she God. was so awesome. She's so amazing. We need the Rival yeah.
2: Sisters movie. We absolutely need it. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: Simone, what did you think of the, the trailer? Did you I see it?
2: I feel like I almost, I've had so many, I, I'm quite biased against it against my will just because I because of all the you know disasters with the production like going through a bunch of different directors and and then so I, I came into it going okay I'm going to try to like this I'm going to try to like this trailer <laughs> and I was kind of like oh okay I mean it looks okay I, I, I like you said the tone is really mixed cuz they did subvert it at the end where he was like can we change the name and I was like right. okay that's you know right. I like that they're playing on cuz everyone's like really Ant-Man <laughs> really so I like that they're aware of that. That self-awareness I think is going to be really important going into it just like with Guardians like they were so over the top campy. They embraced it and it made it awesome. Same with Thor, which I also love. So, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to keep an open mind. That's all.
0: I actually I really liked the last Thor movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I, loved I know some it. people right, I liked it too. I thought it was really good. So, I don't know. It's what worries me about Marvel movies at this point is they they seem to have mastered a formula that is a powerful, awesome formula that makes you leave the theater going like that was worth my time.
2: Mm-hmm. And you and know, when I is felt the like one?
0: exactly. And, you know, Winter Soldier is like a certain high level production. Oh, yeah. And did you not like that one?
2: I loved it. That was okay. a moment <laughs> of, of happiness. So, well, <laughs> no,
0: I'm saying it's. I'm saying it was good, but I also don't see a lot of innovation within that the way Mm -hmm. that they're telling a story do you know what i mean and i worry if they don't like they're really good at finding awesome actors that kind of bring life to these performances but i just don't (laughs) see a lot of risk taking at this point do you you know where i'm coming from
2: yeah they're it's they're taking risks with the canon i think just Mm -hmm. like like in Winter Soldier, the destruction of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a big thing for that world, but they're not taking risks, I think, in terms of what the audience expects mm-hmm. and um, general stories that are being told. And I, I love Marvel movies. I haven't met one I didn't like. So. I was, I was, Although I, I, saying, I haven't
1: seen the Hulks. I was going to say, clearly, like Marvel is doing a much better job than, than DC has been doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah.
2: And I think they know what people want. I mean, even if we, we don't know that we want it, they, they can tell stories that make us relate to the heroes, in a way. I Like with Guardians, like you were saying, Bree, galactic stories can be hard for you to swallow because it, the scale is so big. But when you reduce it to that, you know, wacky band of heroes, I think we relate to it a lot more.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very human. Yeah. How did you guys feel about Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy? Because- oh, I loved it. Yeah, I I think that's one of the best I films the best of the last period. decade. Oh, yeah. without a doubt, without a doubt.
1: And yeah. and I actually think that Sam Raimi's Spider-Man's were, were very good. Uh, Spider-Man yeah, 3 notwithstanding. Spider-Man 2 is still like of that like the pre-Nolan mm-hmm. era of the superhero films and I feel like that's kind of how you have to like designate them at least for me. Um I mean I think like the Avengers and and some of the other Marvel stuff goes a little bit more into the older kind of uh, pr- uh the the pre-Nolan uh camp I guess, but yeah, I kind uh, of classify like uh you you know, like pre-post Nolan uh, style films. And um, Spider-Man 2, for me, was one of the best ever, like up there with, with, with Superman. Um, but um, no, I thought the Dark Knight trilogy was, was fantastic. What I loved about that was that it, to me, was one of those film series where you could have taken any kind of the, the superhero element out of it and like not sort of being about Batman and it still would have been like a great story.
0: Yeah, That's and look point. at Dark Knight Rises. Batman yes. was by far the least interesting character in that, <laughs> you know. And I, I have the the unpopular opinion that it was better than Dark Knight,
1: uh, which I know a lot of people disagree with me about, Ooh. but I thought there wasn't enough Catwoman, but There there wasn't. It, yeah. We needed more Kyle because so I really loved I, I loved the character and I thought that they, they thought Anne Hathaway was really good in it. Um but, but yeah, I thought that, that there was so much good stuff in Dark Knight Rises. I mean, I think Dark Knight was just you know it's just an incredible film both of those together though just are amazing amazing and amazing. and Batman Begins was great too you know i mean it's just a completely different take on that sort of stuff you know um i wish that i'd liked man of steel more
0: i i hated that movie i'm I sorry didn't see that i movie. wanted to I, maybe it's because I do 3D for a living and I'm watching them and at a certain point, like as I watch special effects sometimes I'm doing in my head, like figuring out how they made it. And I'm like, how many times can I watch someone get knocked through a building? Because I start counting, <laughs> right. it's like 50. And if you have to resort to just... You know, like, for me, what makes Dark Knight Rises so good is it's all about the character conflict. Exactly. It's not about the Batwing yeah. or anything like that. And we have two invincible dudes, like, just knocking each other for infinity. It's the exact same problem with Matrix Revolutions. Yes. Where you have, mm-hmm. like, Infinite HP Neo and Infinite HP, you know, uh, Agent Smith. And they can just pound each other all day, but it, 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 it doesn't mean anything. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, It's Ken and you going at it exactly exactly
0: (laughs) i i'm worried now christina i'm worried we're not going to disagree on movies (laughs) because conflict makes good podcasts it does we'll
1: find we'll find ways to disagree trust me although i don't know um so gone girl just came out on blu-ray and i got it how did we all feel about gone girl love it love it loved it (laughs) it. god darn it (laughs) (laughs) but but oh God, Amy is like one of my favorite characters ever. She is.
0: She's so good in the book. She's, she's so good in the so book. And the movie,
1: so good and like people are like oh she's just a psychopath, like, you know, and no. I'm like
0: no, she's heroic. No. She's amazing. Yes. You have to understand her and the movie does not do her justice. I just I just want to say that. And mm-hmm. oh man, like there's a scene in the book that they they cut out of the movie. And it's of Amy growing up and her parents had miscarriage after miscarriage. And they like framed pictures of the Amy's <gasps> would be older sisters in this long, creepy hall calling oh calling gosh. her hope over and over and over again. And then they finally have Amy, who's a daughter that survives, which is why you know, she is has all this pressure. Amy. Right. 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 Wow. Oh,
1: man. So it the with the with the blu-ray it came with um an amazing Amy book. Oh no, really? They actually oh made gosh. a book amazing Amy Tattletale and it's like this children's story and it's like this very like it's it's this book where the character you, like you feel all you feel about the characters the put upon pressure that she has from the parents, but it's written in such a way that they think that it's yeah. not in such a thing. It's, it's really kind of funny. It's hilarious. That's um, incredible. and it's illustrated. It's really well done. I have to, I have to give a uh, 20th century Fox credit on that. That was definitely worth buying the, 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 physical media, um, for to get the book, to get the little trash. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm a complete whore for extra extra features and and stuff like that so. You know, yeah, I think
2: you've inspired me to buy it just now. I had no right. idea that they did that, and I I want to see this movie again so badly. I just thought it was incredible, and I know, like as a someone who used to do theater, I'm like, oh my god, yes. this is the character that I want to play. Same, roles right. that women don't get. So,
1: well, I mean, that was why Reese Witherspoon um, optioned the book before it even came out. She got a copy of the mm-hmm. galleys, and she optioned the book, and she was originally going cool. to star in it, and um, she she produced it. And then David Fincher was like, well. I don't really want my producer to be my lead actress. So she was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's fine. So she backed out. But she's probably going to be nominated for two Oscars this year, one for Best uh, Actress and one for Best Picture, which is kind of awesome. Cool. Way to go, yeah, Reese.
0: Cool. Very cool. I, Rosamund Pike was born for that role. Oh, she was. I have to Absolutely. say. like, I, I remember doing the Bond girl, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. She's so – cold and yes. emotionless and She's then to so good see her like, oh my god she was perfect She's she was perfect. perfect
1: and and frankly affleck who i'm not even a fan of was right. so perfect because he looks just like scott peterson so, <laughs> oh my gosh right?
2: oh my gosh i didn't even, I hadn't even thought about that that was the very first oh. thing
1: that came to my mind when i saw it i was like oh my god he's freaking scott peterson That's and it was so up. perfect
0: i i do have to say nick dunn in the books is a much less sympathetic Figure mm-hmm. and you know I saw this movie three times in the theater because that's how much I loved it. <laughs> and then I read the book and then I watched it. You know, uh, you know, on my run, and I I feel like watching in that order, Nick Dung comes off is so much less sympathetic. Like, uh-huh. I, it's he's he really comes across in the book as just as flawed and i think ben affleck has such a, a likable persona that he doesn't really get into the the darkness or the the failing yeah, of that character I, well, I guess
1: i don't know but he's also just kind of such a douche at least to right me. <laughs> and he's kind of the perfect thing that you kind of you kind of hate him you know i mean that's how i feel about ben affleck is i'm like oh he's fine but he's such a douche which to right. me was why he was such the perfect casting because right. you look at this guy and you're like oh of course he is doing this stuff of course he's having sex with the blurred lines girl of course he is oh my gosh um, is I, I that what she was you're from, you're from the yes, blurred lines video she, she, oh. Yes. Yep. oh my oh. god she was i'm yeah. just learning so much tonight what the heck <laughs> totally she has, she has good boobs too i have to say yeah i know you're it's watching true. it and you're
0: like oh i hate you i hate you so <laughs> like she's so skinny she can't even be real and you're like wow I can't yeah no no like she that. she was the girl so... in the blurred
2: lens video absolutely wow
1: wow wow <laughs> flashback to <laughs> what was it? Two years ago? One year ago? Yeah, a year yeah. and a half ago. Ancient, ancient it, era, pre-Paula, pre- yeah. when Alan Thick, when uh, Robin Thick, rather sorry, when right, Robin Thick right. had a career. Whoa!
2: Right, 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 right. Ouch! I I really, did. the greatest justice of the 21st century is his <laughs> album failing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That was the greatest thing ever.
0: <laughs> so did you did you hear that they are all getting back together and remaking uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Strangers on a on a plane on Strangers on a train? But they may update it to be Strangers on a, a plane. It's gonna kind of have Affleck and uh, uh, David Finch, and uh, you know she's actually the the Gone Girl author Jillian, yeah, Flynn, Jillian Flynn is yeah. also gonna be uh, you know, writing the script again. So I'm I excited about that. that. That's, That's interesting. Good. That's
1: good. I mean, I have to say. I typically, I'm not a fan of anybody remaking Hitchcock, but if you're going to do it, okay. As long as they're not, as long as you're not doing a Gus Van Sant psycho, like, shot for shot remake thing. Because I'm going to be honest, I still haven't forgiven Gus Van Sant for that. And it was, like, 18 (laughs) years ago, and I still haven't forgiven him. Like, I'm not over it. And I don't know when... You know, I, I finally forgave Vince Vaughn after Wedding Crashers and then he did something else <laughs> which made me not forgive him again. So, right, right, um, right. you know, and and Anne Hache will be dead to me forever, but that's for a lot of reasons, <laughs> not just that. Who else is on your blacklist? <laughs> right. Well, I basically everybody involved with 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 the Psycho remake from 98 oh. is on that. It was really
0: disrespectful. It, it was, was really I
1: mean, bad, it, yeah. the whole thing was just they did it in color. But I can't even. I can't even you guys. Like I can't even. <laughs> but I will say if they're going to do like if Finchers going to do it. Okay. And and if Julian Flynn's going to do it, awesome. I, I love her. I'm to me and I I'll, I'll shut up after this, but she <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing about Julian Flynn, she was Entertainment Weekly's uh, television critic for a long time, right? And she was laid off um, when they did a bunch of their restructuring, I guess, in like 2008 or whatever. And that was actually kind of the impetus for for Gone Girl, the Nick's character, you know, laid off mm-hmm. pop culture writer. And mm-hmm. um, she'd written one novel and it'd done okay, but she basically, you know, wrote Gone Girl and it became this huge hit, and. I remember thinking, you know, Entertainment Weekly was dedicating a lot of um, space to the book. You know, they were gave it a great review and then the, the movie came out and she gave them exclusives and they put it on the cover. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know, that's how big of her to like give her old place of business who like laid her off, um, you know, for dibs and stuff. And then I thought about it and I was like is there a better F you in the entire world <gasps> right, than having the right. place that fired you, that laid you off, be forced to dedicate their cover and to do all kinds of like glowing stories about your book becoming a humongous blockbuster movie that you wrote the yes. screenplay for? Is there a Here better is, is there a better F you in the entire world? And I was thinking, I was like, I don't think there is. I think yeah. that's the ultimate, ultimate yep. like booyah <laughs> in your face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shouldn't have fired me.
0: No, I, I mean, have you read the rest of her books? Because that's that's a very Gillian Flynn thing to do. Like, you know, when you read a bunch of an author's work, you feel like you know them or yes. their psychology at a certain level. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Having having great. Which 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 was the book that she did first that didn't do so well? Was that Sharp Objects or was yes. it? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's by far the worst one of the three. Uh, Dark Places. I'm. You know, without uh, David Finch on board, I just, I'm not really sold on it. You know, like the source material isn't as strong. And yeah, I love uh, Charlize Theron, but, you know, can she really, I don't know. It's just a much less complex character. So. Yeah. Who's
2: directing that one? I don't I know. know. Are they, hmm.
0: I should look it up.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say,
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. So I think it's a good sign if we are doing our first show and uh, we're already having to jettison the third topic from like just the <laughs> conversation going all over the map. So what we're gonna do, uh, what we're gonna do on Rocket every single week is, you know, we're we're three women with pretty cool careers, and uh, so what we're gonna do is just kind of talk about what we're what we're working on this week, what we're doing this week. So um, I'm actually really excited today um i i am working right now on the process of getting a book deal which i'm very very excited oh, that's about fantastic, so i know isn't I excited i had an agent call me out of out of nowhere and I've, I've been working with people for a while but um i'm i'm really really excited about this so what i want to do is kind of um the idea that I'm working on is I want to I want to tell the story of Gamergate, but from the very beginning, I want to use it as kind of a, a wider story about women and technology and and the um, you know the things that we we face. And I did you guys read Console Wars by any chance? Yes, excellent yeah. book, great book, what amazing uh, Blake Harris did that. Mm-hmm. And what I feel like he did so well with that book is. There are really two kinds of video game books, and the first is like this this encyclopedic history from a nerd that like just yes. <laughs> goes through and throws a bunch of facts in your face. What I felt Blake Harris did so well with console wars was he he turned it into an emotional story where you're rooting for the underdog, mm-hmm. and you know that's very much the you know the book pitch that I'm putting together. Um, yeah, you know, I want to kind of take the the people that have kind of been targeted by this Gamergate thing and to kind of yeah, portray us as, I mean, I'm certainly a very flawed person, you know, and to kind of tell that that human story there, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, so we're gonna we're gonna aim really big with it. And, you uh, know, I'm already getting a co author, because I'm far too busy a giant space <laughs> cat to, you know, start publishing three games and and write a book. But, uh, you yeah, know, that's very exciting. And uh, we're also about to have our PC version of Revolution 60 come out, which yeah. I'm really excited Yay. about. Yeah,
1: yeah, we yeah.
0: should have shipped it three months ago. but <laughs> All this nonsense is kind of delayed it, So that's what's, that's what's going on with me. What about, what Start about you, Christina? are taking over every medium. We are, we are, we're invading everything. So, what are you working on this week, Christina? Uh, well, I was on the Today Show.
1: Uh, yes! Today, which, um, yes! I, I, that's my humble brag. And oh, I actually know, you know what, I'm very proud nice. of that. That was kind of badass. I was on with Matt Lauer and with Hoda during the Hoda Hour. So let's not get too excited. It wasn't like, you know, I like the real Today Show. It was the Hoda and Kathy Lee <laughs> hey, Hour. Um, it's it, awesome. They're, they're my favorites though. Kathy Lee was, was um out. So, so Matt was filling in and uh, no, it was fun. Um, It was a nice reminder actually for what I do. You know, most of the time I'm talking at high, I'm, you know, analyzing and dissecting things at high levels um, and, and talking to kind of a more informed audience. And, and this was very much talking to a not as informed audience. Um, And it's a really good reminder, you know, like Hoda was asking me about, oh, well, what do you mean you have to update your web browser? Do, how, <laughs> how do you do that? And it's a good question and it's a good reminder. And and sometimes it's, for me, it's really interesting when, um, kind of putting those perspectives and I have to go, okay, well, how would my mom think about this? Or how would someone who's not as savvy think about these things? Um, and then for the rest of the week, I mean, basically it's, it's the middle of the week, but I mean, just, uh, uh, writing stories and, um, trying to, I guess, figure out the news. Um, it's the week after CES. So things have been pretty calm so far. Uh, but, Mm -hmm. um, that's, uh, that's basically what I'm working on. Is just you were know, you at CES this year? I was not, thank God. Oh, oh thank God. Yeah,
0: yeah. My uh, my asymmetric co-host Georgia was there, and it yes, looked, <laughs> it looked pretty stressful. So. Yeah,
1: no, it always is. And then just, the show's gotten weird, and it's just it's the big weird announcement. how it's how? weird in the sense that the big companies don't really show up anymore. Um, oh, they don't oh. spend as much money because they don't have to because they can have their own press mm-hmm. events. So why bother right. going to CES? So you've got right. a bunch of these smaller companies, and then there was a lot of car stuff and. As we've discussed, I don't really drive, so I don't really care as much (laughs) about that. One of my coworkers, she did buy um, a fake Apple Watch for $27 on the show floor, which is technically not supposed to do. Amazing. $27 fake Apple Watch that actually paired with her iphone believe it or not Are and for real? <laughs> for real it paired with her iphone and she was able to like receive calls from it and control her music um oh my gosh wow. was it 3d printed uh, no <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't it, 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 i wish uh, you know um maybe part of it was but no i mean it, it looked you know like they nice. basically t- i mean it's a complete chinese apple watch knockoff it's amazing wow so yeah did it feel solid did it feel solid you know what I mean I think she said it was fine I mean, it was $27 yeah exactly you know <laughs> exactly. I mean at that point the fact that it turned on and had a touch screen and, and paired with her phone was kind of amazing to all of us it was 27 I mean, she bought it and the woman she bought it from didn't take her sunglasses off the entire time it was like the shady back <laughs> booth at CES wow where you know she like and they're not supposed to sell things on the floor and this company is just like selling this and like oh they totally ripped off the Apple UI and like I mean it's just it's the funniest thing in the entire world that to me i would have i i almost wish i went just so i could have you know bought a, a a knockoff apple watch yeah
0: i'd pay 27 dollars for
1: that oh I, I, yeah totally night. well I, I i told chris I was, like, I was like chris put that on ebay you'll make so much money she's like no i'm not getting rid of this i'm keeping this forever i'm like i don't blame you i wouldn't i wouldn't either but she could make so much she could totally make bank putting that on ebay um, but no, I, uh, I, I, think that, that this week, um, I'm going to be watching Gone Girl a bunch of times on Blu-ray <laughs> nice. and actually Working Girl came out on Blu-ray last week, finally. Really? Oh my God. And <sighs> I haven't seen that in so long. And I haven't so, seen Melanie that. Griffith oh my movie? God. Yes, exactly. And, uh, oh. Harrison Ford and, um, yes. um uh, Ford. and Sigourney Weaver. And, I haven't um, seen
0: that since VHS. I, exactly. I not, well, yeah.
1: I had, I. The DVD, the DVD came out in 2001, but it was a bad transfer, and so I never bought it on DVD. And I like have an iTunes copy, but it's like a really crappy transfer. So I got it on um, on Blu-ray last week, and so I'm I'm probably just be nerding out on movies and TV shows. And that's I realize not my job, but damn it, I can I can kind of make it my job. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, I, th- I think that's great. I think that's it's great. It's contributing
1: to your personal growth as,
2: exactly. as a. Exactly. That's exactly
1: what it is. It's it, thank you, thank you. I, I'm going to use that Simone. I'm going to be like, see, no, I, this is going to my personal growth as a human being yes. and as a woman. Credit <sighs> Simone to rush for.
0: <laughs> no, I find like for me as a writer, it, it helps so much to. It's like you have to. Put new input into your brain yeah. to mm-hmm. get to get new kind of writing output or creative output. You know, so I find because it's so easy to fall in this hole where you'll like spend your evening on Twitter or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's actually a really important step as a creative person to always be getting new new input and mm-hmm. thinking new ideas. It's why, like Audible, I I very yeah. cheerily buy three four five books a month. There Same because Same. yeah yeah it, Audible awesome. of my favorite
1: things ever Mm -hmm. and uh yeah no i i read and 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 listen to far too much but yeah i'm with you that's like what fuels me writing things and coming up with analyses and and different stuff Um, i'm hoping my amazon echo comes in this week if it comes in this (gasps) week then i'll be doing my my review on the echo oh i can't wait to hear about that it's either gonna really suck it's gonna be amazing awesome precisely there's no middle ground it's gonna be amazing or it's gonna be awful or it's Um, gonna be a clock which which (laughs) which, (laughs) either way you know i mean i'm expensing that thing so i'm fine with it regardless Well, it's a hundred get, dollars. It's a, exactly. Yeah. It's a hundred bucks, right. spent, but I'm, I'm expensing it anyway. But I mean, regardless, <laughs> like, yeah, it's either going to be the most expensive clock radio or it's going to be amazing. And I I, I just want to talk to it and just have it be really, really
0: <laughs> creepy. <laughs> That would
1: yeah. That's gonna feel like you're
0: on the the Starship Enterprise. Like you, should, yes. you should rearrange your oh, house to, <laughs> to just have that behind you with the big captain's chair there. So I, I you know I, I I I have to derail us for a second and ask like what do you think about the Apple Watch? Because I find I'm tremendously. I, I don't like the design at all, like, it just, I, I actually find myself liking the Google designs more, and, you know, for from a software engineering standpoint, because they're offloading so much of the the processing in it, like, once you start looking at, you know, WatchKit, I, I you know, I have faith that Apple will make it work, but it, it's kind of like the iPad, like, going into that, I couldn't figure out what their exact paradigm was going to be to use it. Do you know where I'm coming from?
1: I totally do. And as someone who's had a pebble for, you know, more a year and a half almost at this point, and who really likes my pebble, um, Hmm. I think that there's, there are definitely cool things about it. Like controlling your music um, is one nice thing. Directions, if you're walking like me and you get lost all the time, it can vibrate and like tell you where to go. I think there's cool stuff there. Maybe some, you know, I can see people, like apps like Workflow and things like that Maybe. Being able to have Apple Watch, you know, stuff built in to maybe be able to like, you know, fling off a bunch of other tasks. I don't know. I'm with you. I think it's going to be one of those things where I kind of have to see it to to believe it. Um, As the design size, I like it the more I look at it, but I like, I think it's got to have the right band
0: yeah yeah uh yeah. which is the
1: one thing I do really like about the is the band design, but I do agree with you that I do kind of wish that maybe they i like some of the Google designs a little bit better, but um i, I don't know, I'm still t- totally getting one there's no question, oh yeah, you... yeah, I'll be there, <laughs> I'll be in the line like yeah, else yeah, I mean, yeah like yeah. like I, I i i don't know yet i I don't really know if it really fits in my life any more than my Fitbit does, but mm. I mean, I'm willing to try,
0: mm-hmm. I had a, I had some interesting talks with the uh, Fitbit team at uh, WWDC this year. They're a they're a really cool team. They're really working on some cool stuff. So, All right, anyway, Simone, like, what uh, what are you working on this week professionally? Oh
2: gosh, professionally, um, right now I'm actually researching binge gaming for Ooh. for a work video, which I'm nice. I got this idea because I was reviewing The Sims Four and <laughs> oh, I had love that those- game. I loved it, too. I really enjoyed it. But, you know, you start playing it, and then it's six hours later, and yes. you're like, what just happened to me? <laughs> so I, I want to know, you know, why do certain games kind of bring that out in people? And also, you know, how much of a problem is it really? Because, I mean, it's it wasn't for me. I stopped. I I got it out of my system,
1: and I'm done now. But, you know, for some people, it's not. so. Right. No, I mean, I've seen like kind of what I'm like, looking it, into. Especially especially regionally. I mean, like there are places like people in Japan like have like massive like parts of Asia where people like have like diapers and stuff, like adult diapers like they don't want to like <laughs> stop like it's living the dream. Oh, pff, Totally. I, I mean, can't it's wait to, like, get my adult diaper. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, no, but, but but that's I I I I can't wait to 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 see your work on that because it's fascinating.
2: Yeah, I'm really interested. I I know a lot of parents are concerned about it too. I mean, because kids haven't necessarily learned to self-manage yet. So, um, you know, it's kind of that question of like, how do I get them to take care of themselves? Cause yeah, games are fun. You want to play them for 10 hours straight.
0: Yeah. I was talking to my friend Georgia about that and she was talking about how it's, it's a brain chemistry. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this on the show at some point. You know, I suffered a depression at, at one point in my life. Like, Big time, big time. And, you know, for me, it was like I felt so terrible about my actual life that, like, spending a lot of time in an MMO, it was a a more rewarding world. And, you know, it was like a social interaction. And I don't know. Like, she was talking about from a brain chemistry point of view that you get dopamine hits, and it's just Mm -hmm. like you get sucked into that reality. So it's something I have a lot of of compassion for. I mean, even with even with Gamergate attacking me so much, like I, I think back to my, my darkest days and, you know, I think about how miserable I was back then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can sense that from a lot of these people that are yeah. involved with it, you know? So I I think it was a great topic. I think it was wonderful.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think there is a very real fear there, you know, that something tangible will be taken away from you. And, and some people are obviously just out to cause a scene and be jerks, but... I think a lot of people still have that ingrained fear that everything's going to be taken away from me which, <laughs> you know <laughs> all right do you do
0: you range that a lot with your work like parents i mean because i would imagine with your with your website it would be two groups of people like either parents that are gamers themselves and are wanting to share it with their children in responsible mm-hmm. ways or parents that are non-gamers and are kind of you know, brought in by your no bro friendly atmosphere, (laughs) you know, like, is that, is that something you face?
2: Because we, a lot of the parents we meet at conventions are the ones who are, they love it, you know, they, they're all about getting their kids to play games with them. And then you're right, the other crowd is the crowd that doesn't necessarily know about games or understand them at all. And a lot of the, you know, we've been talking to people who just never, thought of it as an opportunity to connect with someone else, that it was something that you could discuss like you would any other kind of medium. So I think the the resistance to that is kind of wearing down that, that the cultural idea that games are for losers is wearing <laughs> down. I, I saw it today, so...
0: It's it's yep. hard to even remember the days where, like, gay rights Yeah. It, it was, was never like, that way for me. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Well, I think uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. We'll always leave the cool. people wanting more. Guys, I feel super excited about this Yay. podcast. This is a good pilot. This wasn't a bad show. <laughs> no. Like, this somehow. is a good show. This is a this good show. This is a good show. show. I feel very positively about this. So, uh so you can find uh you can find me on Twitter uh, I am space Cat gal on Twitter uh, Christina where can people find
1: you you can find me on Twitter I'm film underscore girl and uh, I'm at com slash people slash Christina and uh, my websites are not updated so <laughs> They're in my bios, but, but they haven't been updated in forever, so there's... there's is it that. like
0: some HTML 1.1? Oh, like no, 90s no, 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 no. it's, and, it's yeah. fine. It just hasn't been updated right. in,
1: like, six, seven months. Because um, I, I don't blog regularly there. But, um yeah you know, yeah, um, Twitter is usually the best way to find me, and then my, my work is at Mashable. I sometimes tweet you, and I forget the underscore, and right? I'm like, I don't like this un- other film girl. <laughs> no, She's I know. acceptable Yeah. It, it, Who it's, is she? <laughs> I don't know. She, well she's not she's not she's not a real film girl um she, <laughs> she's not she's your a rival. film enthusiast, a young adult librarian, and a drinker <laughs> well <okay. laughs> whatever and uh, she's protected aren't we all though she oh, probably, you can't even see her tweets no, she's probably protected because <laughs> she's she probably gets so many wrong. <laughs> No. People talking to her about stuff. That's probably awesome. I, right. Yeah. No, that's probably not true. For I, I, sure. I'm, 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 I'm probably being more pompous than I need to be. There, I'm sure that she doesn't know that no, many wrong no, ad fair. mentions. But uh, <laughs> I no. tweet her all the time. What are you <laughs> talking about, I'm like, Film girl?
2: She's like, it was, oh, it's Brie again. God, <laughs> block who is
1: this person? Why are you? Why are you doing this? Right,
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Simone. Where can people find you?
2: uh You can find me on Twitter at Doomquasar. um doom is in the you know inevitable heat death of the universe <laughs> and quasar is in a star That's... because i am no um and if you follow my work account we also have the underscore problem it's pixelkin underscore org and <laughs> I, I feel really bad for whoever has the pixelkin handle except that i resent them <laughs> a lot. we should go find them and get them to get i know them out, we right? have to track down all these people is there a space cat gal with like a c Instead of a K?
0: Yeah, it's one of these fake accounts for people. Like, uh, there are a lot of... I'm I'm working with Twitter to verify me right now because mm-hmm. there's so many fake accounts out there with my name on it. It's driving me crazy. It's awful. Yeah. Like, they'll be tweeting the most anti-feminist stuff with, like, my oh name my on it. It's super professionally embarrassing. Oh. So... That's awesome. Yeah, we're working on that. Are, are you mad at me for, like, making your Twitter blow up last week, by the way? No, I'm oh, my God. I about that, yeah?
2: It was serious. I saw the message, you know, Doom Doomquizer is going to check her phone and be really confused. And I was like, oh, my God, what did she do? And uh, then I gained... 500 or so followers yeah, yeah, yeah. in half an hour and i was like i don't deserve this <laughs> all i do is tweet about how i want a dinosaur rpg which by the way now that i have a platform to say this please someone make a dinosaur rpg that's like dragon age but where i get to ride dinosaurs oh my god that's
1: them. such a great idea i would thank play you I, I would, would play totally that. play that you know what would also be great like a have them look like cool dinosaurs first obviously right? right but then like have like a mode you could unlock like have mods so that you could make your own and make them look like <gasps> the Before Time. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
2: Oh my gosh. That would be everything to me. See, I want, like, did you read the Dinotopia books?
0: Uh, I Ever? did not. I've heard of them, but I haven't, yeah. Oh
2: my gosh. It's a, this island that's been lost where dinosaurs and humans coexist, and they have really cool technology, and the dinosaurs and humans nice. communicate. There's this written alphabet with dinosaur footprints. I want that in RPG form. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about this. I, I I can't shut up about it. Like, every two months I'll be like, you know what I want? Dinotopia <laughs> RPG. And <laughs> I'm not heard. No, and that seems like such a
1: great be. idea. Like that seems like that would be such a great like 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 a uh, 3ds ac- uh, 3 3ds game. Like mm-hmm. why have they not gotten on that? Like, know, that that would, dinosaurs that would are verdade. so
2: forgotten. Like we have robots and aliens and all this stuff, but dinosaurs somehow got
1: lost to time. <laughs> no, uh, well, no, you know what's going to happen. The new Jurassic Park is going to come out and be badass yeah. because Chris <gasps> yes, Pratt gosh, is the right. new hotness, and that's going to revive everything and all yep, the toys. Everything's going to come back. The new Jurassic Park is going to like Velociraptor save the day. Daddy, Chris Pratt. Yep, Chris Pratt I'm so is in. I, Chris Pratt's going to save the day again, just like he saved <laughs> summer movie season. He's going to save like <laughs> he's dinosaurs. Save dinosaurs. He too? is. I would I'd I would want that game done on Oculus because yeah. I want to like, hang out oh. with. I, you know, oh. I was talking
0: to the Oculus team today, and it's like I I don't know. I think you know. There's this this hope. Like I've I've thought a bit about getting into Oculus technology because it works so well with Unreal. Yeah, and like that would be an awesome game to like be out there with like dinosaurs and like You're riding them and language. looking around. Yes.
1: I want that, and I also want a star a Battlestar Galactica game. <gasps> In Why August. are
0: there no Battlestar Galactica oh. games? There was one for Xbox, yes. wasn't it? Just the original Xbox, It was this crappy? It TV was terrible. But but, right. but, but,
1: but but if you had like a BSG game in Oculus, think about it. Like you're on yes. the ship oh, and you're able god. to like do things, and like you look at the silence. Like is this asylum is This not like it would be amazing. That's it's a crime that, that we don't have knowledge. that. Oh my right. god! Why is no one working with that IP? I, that's, is... that's exactly that was when I first got my my first Oculus demo last year. That was the first thing that came to mind. I was like. Mm-hmm. dude this needs to be <laughs> oculus and uh, Battlestar galactic and then the next thing i thought was why is there not a hunger games video game oh my <gasps> god and hunger games and oculus like especially if you did like the first book and like you did like brutal you, you, totally like where you literally are in the game like yeah, come yeah. on
0: Are you going to sue me if I try to implement
1: any of these great ideas? No. This is good stuff. I think we've
2: predicted the hit games of the year
1: 2025. (laughs) Give it that long for the technology to mature. Just give me a half a point and we're we're good, Brie. Yeah. Well, I think we will we'll talk at some point about
0: <laughs> how, how much I wanted uh, Battlestar Galactica Blood and Chrome to actually be a series. That yes. was a fantastic uh, short. But I think we need to cut it we there. We do need to cut yes. it. Otherwise, we'll keep going,
1: guys. <laughs> everybody, everybody,
0: <laughs> thank you for tuning in, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon.